0: Sure United States of America It is Friday, November 9th, 2018, and you are tuned into Season 2, Episode 44 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. <laughs> Presented by Hamin Media. <laughs> And now in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. On this week's show, Rick and I are talking the NFL, NCAA, ROH, New Japan, NXT, and of course some Red versus Blue. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans bringing you all the news. It is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at HittingTheMarks, email us at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. There you go, seven second dance party. But please join me in welcoming in my tag team partner, the OG Huckleberry, RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show.
1: It's me, it's me. It's that alter the beat of the V. Rick Victory here, back again, the Hitting the mark Pro Wrestling Podcast. Jargo, hey, we're settling in here for the weekend. We've got a lot to talk about pro wrestling around the world of sports and all that. But hey, anyway, you know, we're going to take it a little easy this weekend because next week, starting Monday over in the locker room, the Hami Media Group, we have got a huge week coming up. It is our big one year anniversary celebration. The Hami Media Group, you know, everything that we got going on over there from the, the pro wrestling the conspiracy side of things uh, the the horror flicks our takes on uh Sports, everything in the world, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate all that. Next week we have got major happenings, and I, at the top of the show here, I know we usually save our plugs for the end, but like I said, there's so much going on. I wanted to just start it off right out of the gate here, kind of run through everything we've got next week. Of course, you and I are getting everything going. We're the we're the kicking off the week in a locker room on Monday, Wednesday they're gonna have a special uh um a listener mailbag. So we're gonna have that address out there everyone to get a hold of those. Guys. Guys, ask them whatever they want.
0: Finally, Strangler Steve King is going to tell me how big Batista's dick is.
1: We are going to find out. We're going to get it straight from the Strangler himself. Uh, you know, then we've got obviously Wednesday night. Adam Rivera is going to be hosting a, a community game night. He's got some awesome giveaways that he's going to be uh, handing out over there to, to one lucky person. Thursday, you got Bello with uh, the takeover war games preview. Friday, you got to go home to the big weekend. That's the vets in the locker room. Then how meeting Stevie Richards, and then it, it really gets going there. Saturday, you got the Impact Attack. They have got they're going to do a mailbag. So you can ask Ben, Big Ray, anything you They've also got MSG. And he's put together an awesome prize pack. This thing is like valued at over a hundred bucks. All sorts of, uh, I guess, you know, merchandise memorabilia from around the world of wrestling. They're going to be giving that away next Saturday on the impact. Pack. Uh, obviously Saturday night after takeover, I think the way we've got it lined up, it'll be you and Bello. The, the a- NXT experts kind of breaking down that show Sunday, the reflections guys, they got something great going on. I think maybe one of the big ones though, Sunday, you and me. It's going to be a, a Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast crossover special. We're going to be going live, taking calls from the listeners before Survivor Series. That's going to be a, a great feature, a great show. Well, well,
0: well, let, let's, let's not bite off more than we can chew here. Let's Let's put it out there the right way. We hope that we are going to do a live call-in show. We think we have the technology. We think we have it figured out, but it's yet to be tested. We're not entirely sure that this thing is going to work.
1: Hey, I feel confident. I feel confident. We're going to have that. That's going to be one of the highlights of, you know, of the celebration week, I think. But, man, this one, this next one, this next little announcement we got for everyone, this is going to be hard to beat. We've got an Ask Me Anything. We've done these before in the group. Great success with them. But we've got a big name for this one, man. You've got the leader of the brand, the the architect of the Attitude Era, Mr. Vince Russo. He's going to be joining the group for an Ask Me Anything we haven't really uh, locked in the date and the time, but it's going to be happening sometime between Thursday and Survivor Series. That's that's going to be a great attraction.
0: Have you been uh, listening to his new show with Matt Kuhn, Truth and Consequences?
1: I've got. I've, I picked up a little bit on it's it.
0: Good show, good show. I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of along the lines of a 83 weeks or a something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. It's. Uh, it's an interesting show. He pulls back the curtain a little bit on some of the stories that you've heard a million times, but now you're hearing it from the horse's mouth himself. If you want to know how Shawn Michaels was after the Montreal Screwjob, Russo's got an episode about it. He was there. He was in the room. He knows how Shawn Michaels was after the Screwjob. Fascinating episode, man, because there's so much leading up to the Screwjob that we've all heard. But this this show really documented Shawn from the screw job through WrestleMania 14, which is a period that I don't think is covered nearly enough.
1: Well, I want to throw out there, you know, if anyone out there is listening or listening to the other, you know, great brand products that are out there and you've got something in mind, you know, where, where Vince, Mr. Russo is kind of, you know, maybe you got another take on it. Maybe you want to know a little more about it. Ask me anything is going to be the place to do it.
0: Shout out to my homeboy the Disco Inferno. Met Disco up at Starcast. Cross that one off of my bucket list. That was actually a big moment for me. Love me some Disco Inferno. What else you got going on there, Huckleberry? Well, I'd
1: say you know that you know the last big one, and I don't I don't want to forget him here because when I was doing an announcement, you know, prior to the show here on it in the group, I, I forgot about him. I don't want to leave it out. We have got a bigger than ever pick 'em challenge for Survivor Series. Uh, they've got an awesome prize pack for whoever gets the top score, So everyone's going to keep an eye out for that as well.
0: I'm pretty sure that uh, the them boys down there in Kentucky are going to be uh, shooting for us and shooting for us hard. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Actually, we're going to bury the shit out of Kentucky today. That's what's going to happen. But Huckleberry, let's go ahead. Let's start things off. That's right, we got to stick with the gimmick. Let's start in the NFL. Now, this is kind of a light week in the NFL. I was looking through the games, not a whole lot that interested me this week. But one of the games that did catch my attention was Thursday Night Football, Carolina at Pittsburgh. Of course, we're recording a little bit late this week. You know, I, going into yesterday, I thought we could have a great conversation about what a good game this was going to be. And, you know, Pittsburgh's defense has really been stepping up since the calendar rolled over into October and came- Cam Newton's been really, really hot. And I told you weeks ago, I still don't buy the Panthers because I don't buy Cam Newton because he's too inconsistent. And boy, did we see awful Cam last night as the Steelers wipe their ass with the Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, this was one of those cases where you go in thinking, hey, this is going to be a highly competitive game, two of the best in the NFL. And then is you know Pittsburgh comes out of the gate hot. And, you know, they got that lead, and you're looking at still not halftime yet. you should sure Pittsburgh's up, you know, 17, whatever, you go 17, 20, 17, 20, back and forth there. There's still a lot of time left. You know, they can make the adjustments at half. But Pittsburgh just never took their foot off the gas. Nope.
0: And and Cam was Cam.
1: This was a, I think, you know, not just a a, a great statement win for Pittsburgh, but as you're talking about, you know, on paper there isn't like a lot of interesting matchups. But this game right here set the tone for a lot that could really change the dynamic of how this NFL season moves forward.
0: Before we talk about what else is going on down there in the NFC, um, I wanted to ask you about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Is Le'Veon Bell coming back to Pittsburgh, or are you ready to move forward with the Terminator and wish Le'Veon Bell the best in his future endeavors?
1: Well, if they really come come out and said anything when he is supposed to report, I know he has said he's getting ready to leave, you know, Florida, which, you know, they thought maybe indications where he's ready to report. And then he didn't show up. Right. And then I heard some rumors that if they they put the delay on, that even, you know, the Steelers themselves said, well, give it a week. I heard those rumors out there. You know, at this point, though, you know, watch this game. I I went out and had a little pizza last night, watched most of the game there. Obviously, you know, we're sitting there kind of talking about you know the, the situation there and a lot of people kind of were in agreement at this point move on from it yep cut bait
0: I I said earlier this season I think Lavyan Bell ends up a New York jet by
1: the beginning of next season well and it you kind of look at surely the Steelers had their downs they had their struggles and they are you know there was with reason you know there was you know the doubters out there saying is the team lost it or are, are the cracks really getting to be too much now for them? Are they starting to show their age? But at that, you know, at the running back position, they never lost a step. No,
0: no. And James Conner came in and he's been absolutely killing it. The little Terminator.
1: Yeah, and at this point, you have actually found a groove that the team is hitting on all cylinders right now. Major statement win. Do you really want to risk maybe disturbing that that? You know, that click you got right now, that atmosphere. Yeah,
0: because I, I just feel like Lavian Bell is going to be a locker room cancer, even if he does get back in there in Pittsburgh. Um, and that's kind of the same way that I have felt for years about Des Bryant. And the next game on the schedule that's got my intrigue is your Cincinnati Bengals. They're hosting the New Orleans Saints, who just brought in Des Bryant. Because, you know, they really need a wide receiver right now who can run a deep threat for Drew Brees. That's really what this all comes down to. Now, Huckleberry, you and I both know that there's not a whole lot of separation between the Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints. But how many yards, how many inches do you think Des Bryant, how much better does he make the New Orleans Saints? Or does he actually, in fact, make them worse?
1: Well, it's all going to depend on really what kind of packages they put him in, how they really use him. You know, obviously he's not. This is a one-year deal for them. You know, he's looking to get back on the field somewhere. This presents an opportunity to go make a you know a serious run towards a championship, towards the Super Bowl. You know, used properly, though, you're bringing in a, another Pro Bowl caliber player that's got to worry the hell out of secondaries.
0: You know, I feel like uh, half of whatever Des Bryant is getting paid, he should just send to Josh Gordon up there in New England. Because Josh Gordon, as you very well know, being there in that Cleveland fan base, Josh Gordon's got a lot of the same rips on him. And he went up there to New England and he's killing it with Tom Brady. Just absolutely freaking killing it. And now you're seeing a lot of these teams are starting to make deals for these wide receiver divas just to bring them in as a rental player the teams that are still in this thing. You can look and see who are the buyers and who are the sellers, Green Bay Packers.
1: Well, here's here's a little bit of a difference there, though. You know, New England has that track record of they can take kind of those—I don't want to say train wreck, but those—you know—those projects. Let's say they know how to to slide them into their system. You know, it doesn't matter what you were doing somewhere else; they're going to give you a role in their system, and if you can fit that, then you're going to have great success. And that's what Gordon is doing there. You see other teams try that, where they're bringing in these. Like I said, you know, projects where they got to rebuild them back up, but they don't know how to properly insert them into a system and use them. Where New England is, there's no one better in the game than that.
0: I'm not sure that there's anybody better in the game right now. I mean, as much as we have talked about Kansas City on this show and we've talked about the Saints and we've talked about the Rams and we've talked about the Ravens and we've talked about the Steelers, New England's got a really good freaking team.
1: Yeah, you know, I was really thinking about that it's funny you bring this up. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was looking at the standings and each week we're talking about and you know, everyone's talking about it. You know, like the Saints and the Rams, like you were talking about the Chiefs, they're fun, exciting teams, you know, and they're not always up there at that very top echelon. I, it gets to a point where you just kind of take the Patriots for granted. They're just there.
0: Eighteen years they've been doing this. You look up at the at the beginning of November and oh, you know, they're just the best team in football.
1: Again, yeah, you're talking about kind of diva wide receivers and those that might disrupt a system. It's just funny. This relates right to this, though. Picked up a couple stories yesterday that there are actually teams out there entertaining the idea of bringing Terrell Owens in for the rest of the season.
0: I have heard this. I have heard this, and you know what the big thing is about this whole TO thing is if he does this, how does that affect the Hall of Fame? Does the clock just start over?
1: very interesting yeah
0: yeah what the hell happens there <laughs> absolutely absurd freaking Terrell Owens man that guy is something else altogether that's for sure um what do you think do your uh, your, your your little pussy cats down there in cincinnati the 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 big bad bangles you give them a snowball's chance against the saints this weekend
1: you know a go before last night's game i would have thought this would have been a great trap game yeah uh, New Orleans coming in off of that huge win, big win against the Rams last week. You got kind of the circus going on with the, with the dev stuff. You know, how is he going to fit into this game? You know, how, like I said, you know, what packages is he going to be involved with? You got to tell Bengals team at home. It's a one o'clock afternoon game. They play different at one than they do any other time of the day or any other day of the week would have been a great trap game. But as I said, you know, Pittsburgh, Hooding that whooping on Carolina, how it changed the dynamic of the rest of these games. If you're the Saints, you're sitting back watching that, and now you're looking at it and you're like, man, we can go to Cincinnati and take care of business. We've given ourselves some serious breathing room in a division where we can worry more about, you know, just not looking over our shoulder as we're preparing for that home field.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really liking the Saints. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they go in there and just embarrass well, the Bengals. And,
1: and, and then on the flip side of that, though, if you're Cincinnati, you're thinking, man, you know, the Saints, they might be they might be overlooking us, man. So let's go in here with a game plan. But now you got more heat on you because not only you lose this game, you fall further back in the standings, though. But. I mean, you you got to keep some kind of pace here with the Steelers let them know hey we can hang with these other good teams or you're pretty much i mean you the numbers say you still got a chance but you're almost dead in the water yeah
0: this this kind of feels like it's a must win for cincinnati it kind of feels that way i still feel like the saints are just going to beat them up uh speaking of getting beat up uh let's talk about uh the dallas cowboys uh the dallas cowboys coming off a bye week on big monday night center stage go out there and they lay an absolute turd. And this week they go in to face the defending Super Bowl champions at Philadelphia. Uh Amari Cooper, Dak, Zeke. I think Philly is going to beat up on Dallas too. I I think Jason Garrett's done at the end of this year, man.
1: Well, you know some interesting things here. This is almost a you're almost in one of those do or die positions.
0: Like the whole franchise is in a do or die position. I feel like Jason Garrett's in a do or die position. I feel like Dak Prescott in a contract year. Are they actually gonna pay this kid or are they gonna draft somebody? I feel like the for the whole franchise this feels like do or die. It's either we're gonna do this right fucking now or we're rebuilding this team next
1: year. Well, you got you they're on the road, you said, correct? Yeah, at Philly. At Philly. Uh the Cowboys Let's see here. They've got they're sitting at 3. Got 3 wins so far. So they're they're this is a big one to get them back to that 500 mark there. Still keep them in striking distance. The bad news is for them, they have not won on the road at all. Nope. And they're at Zero Philly. Zero wins on the road. They're at Philly. I mean, you know,
0: we can talk about the Philadelphia fan base and I can't wait until we get to the FQI when it comes to Philly again. But Philly is Philly. That's not an easy place to play.
1: Not these easy place to play, but you know, and Philly's got a lot on their shoulders here too. Defending champs, and they have, they have struggled quite a bit at times this year. They're sitting at 500. They let this one get away from them. Not only, you know, just slipping under 500, but you're if Washington can go over this week, I, Washington's looking good far. and
0: making some moves. I mean, hell, they, they got ha ha Clinton Dix for a cheeseburger.
1: They, in, they're at the Buccaneers too, which is not an easy game. By any means, going on the road down there for to Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, but what's going Uh, on with Winston and Fitzmagic, and you know, it's like I was looking at the Saints earlier, and it was like, man, how much do you think they'd like to have that Week One against Tampa Bay back? They'd be unbeaten
1: right now. An interesting situation developing there in the NFC East. It'd be interesting to see where they stand uh, come you know come Tuesday morning. You like Amari Cooper with Dallas? I think he's doing all right there. I just, he's he's kind of filling the role that they wanted from him. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, I just I don't think Dak is the guy. Let's uh, shift over. Let's talk some uh, NCAA football. The new playoff rankings are out, Huckleberry. I got the uh, got the list here. I've got one through six. I didn't feel like going uh, beyond six because then you start getting into those teams that I just don't think stand a chance, including your Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Let's look at one through six. You've got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Uh, In order for Notre Dame and Michigan, it's got to kind of fall apart here, I think, if Ohio State is going to stand a chance. And even then, it's going to be rough going, Huckleberry.
1: Uh, no, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they're still in the running. They have a shot. It's just a lot of shit has to happen.
0: For yeah, it's, it's like if, if 15
1: different scenarios all come true, no, things look no, good for not, Ohio State. No, it's not. It's not outside. It's not that much of an impossibility for them. It's real simple. Bama's got to win out. That's I mean, well, first of all, yeah, that is kind
0: of number one.
1: No, no. Number one is Ohio State has to take care of their own business. They got to they got to beat Michigan and win the Big Ten championship. Yeah, absolutely. That's number one. Number two, you got to have Bama win out. Bama gets beaten anywhere along there. You're going to have two SEC schools in that damn playoff. Bama's got to win. The other positive note
0: is it's looking more and more like coming out of the Big Ten West is going to be Northwestern.
1: Right. So, I mean, she's got to take care of business there. Then you need you need Oklahoma and West Virginia to split their series between that uh, regular season finale and the Big Twelve championship game. They have to split. Then that puts one of those at a, well, actually they would be at both at two losses. That puts them out. And then you just gotta hope that the committee sees more value in what you've done as Ohio State, and the political side sees more value in having Buckeye fans travel to those destinations, Buckeye fans tune into the games, Buckeye fans buying merchandise over Washington State.
0: Well, I like I like your odds there. Let's take a look at this week's games because there are some good games here even though I have a feeling that they're not going to end up that way. But on paper, they look like they could be good games. We have number 1 Alabama at home against number 16 Mississippi State. So Mississippi State, they've got a pretty good team and they're going to go in there and Bama's going to beat them by 40. I mean, that's just, that's how Alabama is rolling right now. They just look like a freaking machine. Number two, Clemson at number 17, Boston College. I think this is going to be very much the same story as the Alabama game. It looks great on paper and Clemson's going to kill them. Notre Dame and Florida State, Florida State, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that our generation, Rick, we remember when Florida State was good. This is not that team. This is not that team at all. I actually kind of feel bad for Florida State and how far they have actually fallen from the Bobby Bowden years. Then you've got Michigan at Rutgers. They're going to absolutely freaking slaughter them. Number six, Georgia, taking on number 24, Auburn. That's the game of the week, I think. I think Auburn might stand a chance in that football game. And then you have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, they're kind of up there in that Florida State territory. There's a couple games that look like they could be good on paper, but Rick, I think this is going to be a week of blowouts.
1: I would say one of the scary ones there, I mean, you got the big rivalry in State and Oklahoma. If I had to say of any of these things, someone's going to get upset here. I think Oklahoma's got to be the, the one to watch. I, if
0: I'm picking an upset, I'm going with Auburn over Georgia, but I don't think it's going to happen. Let's uh, let's let's throw it over to a subject that I, I know makes me happy and it makes you happy, and I'm wearing my Cameron Crazy T-shirt. Rick, we wiped our ass with the entire state of Kentucky the other night. It was fantastic. The Duke Blue I, I Devils. Put down the Kentucky Wildcats, who came in thinking they were something. 118
1: to 84. We put up 118 points on Kentucky. Hey, what, what a win! I I know it's. I'm the one that always says it. You know, I, I don't put too much stock in the regular season, especially early on. Nothing really matters till March. These are more about bragging rights and all that. But hey. Talk about some serious bragging rights to go out there and put it to the Wildcats like that. And it just wasn't like a where, okay, Duke went off for 12 minutes and just played out of their mind. This was from the opening tip to the final whistle, pure dominance. And I'll tell you what, man, freaking Barrett and Williamson are freaking studs.
0: This was a 40-minute squash match. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. It was a 40-minute squash match. Just absolutely killed him.
1: Freaking studs. Did I send you – who was the commentator that made the comment? Was it Jalen Rose? I don't know.
0: I, I guess I don't
1: know what comment you're referring I, I think to. I, I sent to see. I'll, I'll pull it up here real quick. I know I just sent it. Oh, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce came out with a statement. I, I love this. Paul Pierce says that, that Duke would beat the Cleveland Cavaliers right now.
0: You know, I got to thinking about that last night and I hear this all the time. Like I, I heard the other day that,
1: yeah, we talked about this last night.
0: Well, well, no, but I he- I had heard from another source the other day that Alabama could beat the Raiders. And I was just like, eh, I don't think so. I don't think that works in the NFL. If that was going to work in any sport, it would be basketball. And I got to thinking about the Cleveland Cavaliers roster and you've got Kevin Love who's hurt and, I can't even tell you anybody else on that roster, which is reflective of their record.
1: Well, I'd say, you know, the here in northern Ohio, kind of a big joke we've got going on is who will have more wins by the time the Brown season ends. Oh, my God. The, the Cavs or the Browns. That's awful. That's awful. L.A. Braun, things starting to come
0: together out there. Getting a little bit of Lake Show magic going on still don't buy it and they're still like maybe the fifth best team in the west but
1: i was gonna say you're at five and six right now but hey man you're 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 peeking at that uh that eight seed in the playoff spot right now you're trying to make that run on the the Kings. yeah but there's
0: not a whole lot of change i mean if we have like you add like two wins to that and suddenly they're in like fourth place the the only the only story coming out of the west right now is houston and how awful they are because they play no defense because mike D'Antoni's their coach fuck mr pringles can't stand that freaking guy so let's uh let's go ahead and uh let's talk some professional wrestling huckleberry we're gonna start off we're gonna do uh segment one here and then we'll jump over to segment two i know i have a segment break in here somewhere oh it's on the second page Ha <laughs> because it's two-sided ha <laughs> ha that's right. I do shit on paper, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start with Ring of Honor. Uh, we've got Global Wars coming up this Sunday. Rick, this is actually looking like this is going to be a really good show. This is the highlight of the Global Wars tour coming to us from Toronto. This is going to be streaming live on Honor Club Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know you were up on this show here a week ago. You were like, God, that Toronto show looks like it's going
1: to be good. Yeah, I... This show you want to you want a lineup that's going to pull you in for an event. Man, I don't know if you can find one much better than this. Uh, people really aren't that hip to Ring of Honor. This is a show you will want to check out this Sunday. Take the time, watch Global Wars on paper. This thing looks phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good show.
1: I mean, kind of going down this rundown. I know we're going to run we're going to run it down here in a moment, but. Probably the least intriguing match to me is actually the Ring of Honor World Championship, though.
0: Well, that's actually where I was going to start. Your Ring of Honor World Champion and friend of the show, Jay Lethal, is going to be taking on the recently officially turned heel, Kenny King. Kenny King officially turning heel this past week on Ring of Honor television. Rick, I don't think that there's any chance Jay Lethal is losing the championship here, but I'm really looking forward to this match and seeing exactly if Kenny King can find something that's gonna finally connect with the crowd and make people hate this freaking guy.
1: Yeah, and as I say, this is probably what you know what I'm least looking forward to on this show. Believe me, that's not a knock in any way. I think, you know, anyone that Lethal steps into the ring with he takes them to another level, there's probably gonna be a, a phenomenal bout between these two. But you're right, I think kind of what kind of is on a, you know, unattractive about it is that, that this connection with Kenny King, he just hasn't found that groove. And he, and that's just not here in Ring of Honor. It's kind of everywhere he goes, it's kind of the M.O.
0: Yeah, he's a great in-ring talent, but he's just never quite found that character that clicks with the audience to make the audience care if he wins or loses. That's the one thing that he's always been missing.
1: Well, let me throw it at you here. You know, You know, he's officially made that heel turn. We see that now. We both are expecting he's going to, you know, take the loss here. What what's he need to do to grab you, Jargo? He's
0: gotta do something, get his heat back. He might take the loss here, but I wanna see like some kind of a show of respect. Get your heat back, Kenny King. Do something, get your heat back. Make people actually want to see Jay Lethal fight you again and kick your ass. That's gonna be the key for me.
1: You know what I'd really love? Is for them to kind of during the show play up because you know last week we've seen we we talked about it on I can't it was either here or in the locker room we were talking about oh, was in the locker room because we were doing reviews you know all these challengers that are lined up now for lethal I mean if you if you kind of t- if you take the people that are being guaranteed future Ring of Honor championship opportunities I mean hell he could have two matches for every day for two months. I mean, that's, that's the line that's waiting to get their opportunity that are guaranteed opportunities at this thing.
0: And we could set up another one on this show.
1: Well, I'd, I'd really love for Kenny King, you know, to lose this match and then maybe a, a vicious a post-match beatdown attack where he's even like, you know what? All these people, you guys want to see Marty Scroll versus Jay Lethal. You want to see Flip Gordon? No, to hell with that. I'm taking that away from you. I'm going to take Lethal out of the game.
0: I like it. He's got to do something to get his heat. That's going to be the key to this entire match. Then we have your IWGP U.S. Championship match because Global Wars is Ring of Honor versus New Japan. That's typically how they book it, but I like how they've done it this year. We just have some Ring of Honor matches. We have some New Japan matches. IWGP United States Championship, Cody taking on Trent Barretta. And I'm really looking forward to this because Beretta feels like he has been very disrespected by Cody. Don't call him Rhodes. The only reason that he's getting this match is because Cody put up a poll on Twitter to see who was going to be his challenger in Toronto. And Beretta won this thing. Then we saw Beretta cutting a promo saying, hey, Cody, guess what? I've been here in New Japan working every show. Where the hell you been sitting on a boat? Making YouTube shows? Mm-hmm. Very, very valid point. And then Rick, we have what we talked about Monday in the locker room. The elite are losing their titles. Left and right. Could this be a chance for New Japan Pro Wrestling to elevate Trent Beretta to that next level and actually put the IWGP US championship on him?
1: I don't know if it you know if it was just in build to this match to, you know, really make him look like a that credible challenger but hey he's been picking up some some steam behind him you know they've been putting some some nice booking behind him i like trent
0: i've always liked trent that injury really really set him back and he Does some weird-ass tag teams, man. He picks some weird tag team partners. When we first uh, started following Trent, he was tagging with Rocky Romero as the original Rapungi Vice. Then he graduates from light heavyweight. He moves up to heavyweight. And once he do, he starts tagging with Chucky T. Who is like the bigger version of Rocky Romero? I just want to see Trent get serious and and see if we can get a good singles run out of Beretta because he's got a great look. He's a great talker. I love what he does in the ring, but he feels like he's just relegated himself to being a tag team guy. I want to see if he can break out of that. This is going to be a big test for him against
1: Cody. I think in, you know a lot of like his skill set. You know what he really brings to the table. That you know his entire package. You know, I just like to make that comparison to some of our listeners that really might not know a lot about, you know, a talent from, you know, who kind of has their fame over in New Japan. But when you're talking about someone that seems to have that skill set to be that star, he's very comparable to like a Zack Ryder. Yeah. Just just for whatever reason, you know, it's. It just hasn't really gone to that next level. Yep, that's a
0: good comparison. I like that. Uh, Then we have a ROH versus New Japan match, and this is going to be your car crash potential show stealer of the evening as we have the Young Bucks taking on R.I.P. Alex Shelley, otherwise known as Chris Sabin and Kushida. Of course, Alex Shelley, the former tag partner of both gentlemen. Rick, this thing is going to be insane.
1: Yeah, this, this is going to be a good one. I can, If this is that style that you're into, you're going to get everything uh, that, you, that you hope for.
0: And then another big tag team match in, on this show, the ROH Tag Team Championship on the line is SCU, Scorpio, and Kaz take on the Super Smash Bros. I am with you 100%. This is going to be your match of the
1: night. Yeah, this was one of, you know, last week when, we were kind of talking about this show. This is the one that really popped me, that really first grabbed my attention. Uh, you see Super Smash Bros. on any card, you better make sure you're watching. These guys are a lot of fun. You're going to throw them in there with SCU. I, I'm with you 100%, and this is must see. This is going to be match of the
0: night. Oh, nope. I take it back. This is going to be the match of the night, as it's going to be the Briscoes taking on Los Ingobernables de Japon. Evil and Sonata, this could be your match of the night.
1: This one is going to be fun. I popped for this one, too. This one is going to be violent.
0: Here's a match that's not going to be your match of the night. It's going to be Chuck E.T. taking on Hangman Page. I expect Hangman is going to just absolutely murder Chucky e. T. but this is a big match for Hangman as he is in that conversation of guys that want to beat up Jay
1: Lethal. You know, looking at this thing, I think this is going to be like one of those variety matches. You're you're going to get a little blend of a few different styles. Obviously, you're going to get some comedy in this thing. I think you're going to get some some big spots, and I think you are going to get some, uh, you know, a little bit of you know, Hangman just kind of growing tired of the comedy spot and and just see more of that vicious side of him. Yeah, at
0: least it ain't Marty in the comedy spot this week. Thank God, because I feel like Marty's really getting damaged in that. That's a whole nother podcast. Uh, Christopher Daniels taking on your real Ring of Honor champion, Matt Taven. But Rick, what I am now calling the KOH title, the kingdom of honor, the KOH title not on the line here. If Matt Taven's going to be walking around and claiming that he is the real Ring of Honor world heavyweight champion, I want to see him defend the fucking belt.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That'd be like a nice little, uh, or, you know, cheese that it is. And then like halfway through the match, you know, since this really isn't a sanctioned championship, he can write his own rules. Then he like, you know, halfway through the match, then he declares, oh, no, 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 no. It's not on the line.
0: See, I want to see Christopher Daniels talk him into it because Daniels, of course, is one of the best talkers in the freaking business right now. I want to see Christopher Daniels get on the mic and say, hey, 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 wait a minute, champ. If you're the champion and you're wrestling me, that makes me the challenger and I want that title on the line.
1: I I kind of was even looking more into having this match. You, you know, we've got history between these two groups. You know, obviously with Daniels with SCU, Taven with the Kingdom, there's history there. We've just seen the Kingdom reclaim the six man. I I'm looking for somewhere in these next few weeks before. Possibly we get to final battle is can SCU take them six-man tag?
0: Ooh, the plot thickens for SCU.
1: Um, I mean, because you think, you know, they've got the ring of honor tag championship that they're kind of running in that free bird rule. I mean, could they own all the tag goal within ring of honor?
0: I know the spoiler for final battle. I'll tell you off air because I don't want to spoil it for our listeners yet, but the match is going to be awesome for Christopher Daniels. Um, this might be your match of the night. Flip Gordon takes on Jonathan Gresham. Now, I think this is a huge match because if Jonathan Gresham wins this match, he has to be considered a contender for Jay Lethal's title because Flip Gordon won the Sea of Honor tournament, which owes him a title shot at Jay Lethal.
1: Very true. And and you know, Gresham and uh, Lethal, they've got the history uh, tremendous in the ring together. Yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of lining up. As I said earlier, man, how, how many freaking people are have have claims to challenge for this thing right now?
0: And then you have what I think is going to be the real comedy match of this show, and it's going to be Team Flamboyant, is what I'm calling them. Juice Robinson makes his North American return alongside of Dalton Castle. Those two guys together, I can just imagine what they're going to do character wise and who they are taking on two guys who do not give a shit from most in okay, nobles see Tetsuya Naito and Bushi I am so excited for this match. All the tag team matches are what I'm really excited about. Rick, we talk all the time about how tag team wrestling is down all across the board. It doesn't matter where it's at. But boy, when you bring New Japan together and Ring of Honor, we have one hell of a tag team card
1: here. I was going to say, you know, looking back at all the tag matches on this show, all of these are, look stellar on paper, and I think they're going to over deliver
0: Who's taking the mess from Bushi? All right, the boys. Oh, there you go. There you go. You know Bushi's taking the pin, right? Like, we
1: all know that.
0: Bushi's taking the pin.
1: I was I was just going to throw that at you. I said, is it going to be Bushi or is it going to be Juice? It's going to be Bushi.
0: Bushi's taking the pin.
1: Poor fucking Bushi. Uh, I, but you're right, man. You sit here looking at this thing. This dynamic here between Juice and Castle it is going to be unreal. And, it's, and even somewhere, you know, I mentioned the boys there. You know, Juice's that are actually what the boys is going to be. Oh my god!
0: Uh, Hey,
1: why I'd even be down for a
0: smooth sailing Ashley Remington.
1: (laughs) Oh, that'd be great too. If or even juice kind of like comes out a gimmick similar to that one. It's like the first mate or something like that. I
0: really hope that Dalton Castle turns Juice Robinson into a peacock.
1: I can actually, I can see that. I can, too.
0: <laughs> I can literally fucking picture it.
1: <laughs> hey, I don't think it's say we're on on the run here, but it, it made some noise this week. It was some great conversation. I know you popped for it, I popped for it too. Uh but then you kind of get more into the story. What what you think about the uh NATO, um WWE talk room I, that was out there?
0: I think it's complete bullshit.
1: I I I know. It's it still sounds hilarious, but when you really think about it like no. There's nothing. There. But
0: here's the thing. I think there is a certain element of truth in it because I have right. zero doubt that Tetsuya Naito told that story to Tokyo sports. I have zero doubt that he did that because he trolls the shit out of them all the time. And then it was just it got translated into an American form and people were like, holy shit, and just ran with it. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But NATO, when he's talking to Tokyo sports, you get the character 100 percent and he just trolls the shit out of them.
1: Well, I guess, you know, for those that maybe not familiar what we're talking about here, the, the rumor was that I had to. What was it back in just recently? Correct? It was it's a couple weeks <clears throat> ago. No,
0: no, it was um, I want to say in June, right after Dominion.
1: Okay, so it was last year going all going all the way back or not earlier this year. Yeah.
0: Um, But uh, WWE officials met with Tetsuya Naito at a restaurant in Tokyo and uh, offered him a contract to come join the WWE. And Naito excused himself from the table and went to use the restroom and slipped out the back and just left them with the bill. That's the story. And I have no doubt Naito told that to Tokyo Sports. I think the story is bullshit, but I have no doubt that he told that to Tokyo Sports.
1: Well, let me ask up here because you know over on Facebook and how media me discussion group, or you know, actually I was over uh, actually in a, another great discussion group that we're both members of. Uh, I was over at the GorillaVision dot com group and got into a uh, talk about there. And I I'm not really exactly familiar with how the, every contract is structured over there, but I know. In the past there have been issues where New Japan has spoken up about tampering when it comes to their town. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean the story sounds legit. But and and you could see Naito's
1: character doing that. I'm even thinking, though, if it's if they actually did talk to him, it had to be one of those unofficial meetings. You know, going back, you know, we're both Seinfeld fans. You remember when the Mets were trying to steal away George? Yep. So it's like, well, we're not saying that. You know, but but we're saying so it could have been a brief a brief meeting and then hey so even if you know Naito's there and he doesn't want to bring a lot of attention to it yeah he's probably going to make a you know a low key exit. I don't see
0: any chance in hell of Naito leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling to go anywhere. Period. Uh, let, us uh, take a look at some more tag team wrestling because, you know, tag team wrestling is down across the board. We talk about it all the time. We've got a uh, new Japan pro wrestling world tag league getting ready to kick off November 17th. And this is kind of like the G one for heavyweight tag teams. This thing is going to run through December 9th. Uh, we have the official announcement of all of the teams, everybody. They're going to run this just like they did the super junior tag league where everybody's going to be in one block this year. And then the top two teams will face off in the finals. So it'll be just like junior tag league. Here are your lineups. You have Yoshida and Shota Umino, your young lions. Have you seen much of Shota Umino? You know who that is? It's Red Shoes' kid.
1: Uh, I know who he is, but I I don't, I know who he is, but I just don't know much of his Good-looking
0: kid. I think he's got a bright future. We have the best friends, Trent Beretta and Chuck E.T., as we talked about a little bit earlier. Juice Robinson getting back with his regular tag team partner, David Finlay. Evil Ensenada from LIJ. We have the heavyweight tag team champions, the IWGP tag team champions, the Gorillas of Destiny representing the Bullet Club. That's right. The Bullet Club, not the OGs anymore. They are just now the Bullet Club. As we also have Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi representing the elite. This one kind of bummed me out, Rick, because I really wanted to see our boy Chase Owens in there with Hangman Page. I like those two together as a team.
1: Yeah, I really was surprised. It's, that's the direction they went. I, I know you and I talked about, you know, before this, we were really hoping that Chase would get an opportunity uh, to, to pop up here in the in the World Tag League.
0: Then we have Tenkozy. Yeah, they're back. Tenzan and Kojima. Then we have Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin, which is interesting because those two guys were in World Tag League last year and they didn't like each other. That was the whole story going through World Tag League, that they didn't get along, they don't like each other at all, and yet they get tagged up again. We also then have the Killer Elite Squad representing Suzuki-Goon, Nakanishi and Nagata, because we got to get a couple more legends in there. Suzuki and Lazuka representing Suzuki-Goon, no Zack Sabre Jr. there, huh? Yeah, that's a little bit interesting. We have Hanare and Makabe, then we have Ishii and Yano representing Chaos, I can't wait to see how those two guys work together. And then we have Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. They split up Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. and put in two different suzuki Goon teams, which is uh, a little bit disturbing. Um, But I guess the biggest story coming out of this announcement is the teams that are missing. And those would include the Young Bucks, not on the tour. We also have no Okada. We have no Tanahashi. We have no Golden Lovers. What the hell's going on, man? This tag league sucks.
1: I would say when you kind of look who's missing and you think about the potential, There is a bit of a letdown, but, you know, just going at what you you got on paper there with the tagline, there's some interesting stories in there. Yeah,
0: there's some interesting stories in there, but, you know, I'd like to see, like, you know, maybe put the Briscoes on there representing Ring of Honor. Maybe give me Okada and Tanahashi. Maybe you give me Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Maybe you give me the Young Bucks. I mean, like, do we really need Nakanishi and Nagata? I mean, nothing against the guys, but come on. We gotta have a young lion team in here, but we can't have the fucking young box.
1: Hey, man, maybe they got some other some other obligations going on. They don't want to make the trip back over there. Well, the hell of a flight.
0: Well, the thing that's interesting about this, Rick, is now that you bring that up, is on being the elite. This week, we saw some video, and on talk is Jericho. We heard the podcast of what was going on here. And one of the things that was brought up as Kenny Omega is just burying the shit out of the front office at new Japan. Yeah, that happens. That's an absolute must fucking listen right there. Um, but he brings up the young bucks aren't on this tour. Like they didn't even want the young bucks on this tour. Like what the fuck? Something's going on, man. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all.
1: Could it be, um, the office playing a little hardball
0: with contracts coming that's up. That's very much what it seems like. And man, what did you make of Kenny just burying the front office? And I mean, when I say burying, I mean, golden shovel came out and just freaking buried the office. I mean, like he didn't call out Harold by name, but he might as well have.
1: I tell you everything that's going on, you know, it, some great content this week from the elite. I'm almost, almost, Said the BC, John was dropped out there, but from the elite. It's going to take some getting used to. But, you know, with these guys, though, and everyone loves to get worked up. You know, when, you know, you got Kenny Barry in the office here, everything that, you know, the exchange, you know, Cody and Marty on Talk to Jericho, all of that, you know, everyone's getting so fired up and getting so pumped. What could all this mean? And it's one of those things you just got to step back and just take a moment and realize that they're most likely just working our asses.
0: Yeah, and it very much seemed like at a certain point as I was listening to that episode, it seemed like Jericho was blowing smoke up the Bucks' ass. And then the Bucks turned around and were blowing smoke up Jericho's ass. And, you know, we talk about that, uh, that Seinfeld thing, you know, where we're not saying, you know, we're just saying, you know, I almost feel like there is this unspoken kind of thing between Jericho and... And the elite of as soon as our contract is done, we want to talk to you about this billionaire thing that you've got going with the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jim Ross and what the fuck is this all about? Because I keep hearing about it and where there's smoke, there's
1: fire. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see what direction they're going to go in. But I, we're I not tampering there. here. Like we're not talking
0: about it, but you know, right. th- you know, that's Chris Jericho. There's nobody in the world that could put on a better wrestling show than Chris Jericho. You know, it's like, man, come on.
1: Well, just think of just think about what they're letting us hear. Yeah. Imagine the conversations that are just going on in private right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's uh there there's some Certainly some interesting things going on. Rick, I know uh, yesterday when we talked, you said you were going to watch Being the Elite. Did you have a chance to watch the episode? I did. Okay, so the big angle coming out of the episode, it's out there. It's on the Young Bucks YouTube. Once it's up, you can't fault us for talking about it. Uh, Rick, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and we deciphered who H is. We we finally figured out that H stands for Harold, and they, they, we're talking about Harold Mizj, the new president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's the one that's been slipping all these notes. Well, well, this week, Rick, um, I, I, I didn't realize Harold was that buff. I mean, Harold goes walking in there and he's 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 wearing a black leather jacket and he's got a, a 16 pound sledgehammer with him and he's he's spitting water all up in the air to hype himself up. And I mean, we only see him from the back, but that 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 was clearly Harold Miege, the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: Right. Well, th- yeah. They can't get one by us. Yeah,
0: I mean, th- th- that's clearly what was going on here. But I don't understand why was Cody so freaked out? I can't, I can't figure that out. Like, I didn't realize that, like, Harold was so scary, especially to Cody. Didn't make any sense to me. What do you think's going on there, man?
1: Oh, let's, go, let's just go right back to it, man. They're working away. Yeah, they are working. They and are You know what the best part is, man? It, it's so entertaining just to watch the content they're putting out, but it's more entertaining to see the reactions to it. Oh, and how people are just uh i guess no pun intended since we just had the jericho cruise and a lot of that's where this material is coming from people are just going overboard you know just speculating on what this could mean what what direction are they going in and to me i think you know this this is a time where wrestling really slows down uh because you know you got the holiday season coming up we we're kind of you know to get ready to turn that calendar but I think this is gonna be the next couple of weeks are gonna be exciting as hell. It's
0: gonna be some fun stuff going on. So, Huckleberry, let's go ahead. Let's let's take our break. Uh, we gotta get some Midwest music mafia music going on up in here. This is gonna be straight line stitch. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk everything WWE, whether it be red versus blue or black and yellow.
1: We'll be right back. I think I think we just set a record. What's that? That's gotta be like the quickest segment ever here on the Heading Mark for a Wrestling Podcast. Yeah! Gearing up for 2019. I'll say when we get back from the break, get ready for another quick one because I sure as hell don't want to talk about any of this WWE that Jarko has on this freaking run. The
0: biggest thing to talk about is that there's nothing to talk about. We'll be right back. Take this door. Right from the 865 that straight line stitch love those guys shout out to alexis she's awesome love that girl's voice um huckleberry before we jump into uh red versus blue ah uh, yes red versus blue it's that time of year again ladies and gentlemen the only time of year when Raw and SmackDown superstars face off. But first, let's talk about uh, a good WWE product. And of course, I'm talking about NXT. The black and yellow are firing on all cylinders right now. I wanted to run through this War Games lineup. I know uh, you're about ready to start your binge watch of NXT. You like to binge watch everything before uh, a big takeover. And uh, I think you're going to be very pleasantly surprised because they are building a lot of programs on NXT TV right now that are not even going to take place at takeover in fact right now rick they have three different women's storylines going on inside of NXT. three different
1: ones on a one-hour fucking show well i was you know when you told me this i started thinking all right you say this is like this is some kind of knock against what they got going on wrong smackdown they have multiple women's storylines going on on those programs the difference is you're just interested in these ones in NXT.
0: It's just these are good, but you know I I, I will say one thing. We it seems as though we have moved on now. We're getting uh, Bianca Belair versus Mia Yim, which is a program that I'm very much looking forward to because, of course, as we all know, Bianca is undefeated um, with gum smacks in between. It's the most annoying thing since. That's right. The seven second dance party. Um, But I'm really looking forward to that match. And it seems as though we've moved on to Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae. That's going to be a program that's going forward. But so help me God, if we don't get a payoff between Nikki Cross and Bianca Belair, I'm going to lose my fucking shit because those two ladies have squared off twice and we haven't had a goddamn finish yet. In fact, the last time Bianca Belair just fucking disappeared. Come on. Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at war games. What we got going on here. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa defending the NXT championship, otherwise known as Goldie against the Velveteen Dream. Rick, as I was watching last night's episode of NXT, um, well, I guess Wednesday night's episode, um, I realized Velveteen Dream is now a face, which is kind of a weird dynamic for me. I'm not really sure how I feel about Velveteen Dream as a face.
1: So let's see this past week, though, as you pointed out there, I haven't seen it yet, but it was him versus Lars Sullivan Sullivan. for the opportunity to challenge or we knew it was going to be Dream, but Lars wanted to try to take that from him.
0: Yeah, he basically the storyline was that Lars was going to try to hurt Velveteen Dream so badly that he could not compete against Tommaso Ciampa at takeover and thus he would get the spot.
1: Okay, so Dream uh, obviously now survives that. How was that match?
0: The match is okay, but it's the same rip that I have against every Velveteen Dream match. As I'm watching it, I'm just like, spot, 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 spot. This feels too goddamn rehearsed. It doesn't feel like a fight. It feels like it's choreographed, and we've went over this for weeks to make this be a good match. And yeah, it's a good match, but what's going to happen to Velveteen Dream when he shows up on Tuesday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and he's got a match at 7 o'clock?
1: I was going to say, you know, you have all these people. I'm, I'm hoping you were going to get to that point. You've got all these people, all these fans out there, constantly, you know, beating that drum. Oh, it's time, man. He's ready. The the rumors are out there. They're going to call him up anytime. It, it's gonna it's gonna happen. The dream's going to take over the red or the blue brand. It's a different dynamic. When you look at his matches, anything you've seen from the past, you know, it's a he gets his characters work in, and he just hits those big rehearsed spots. You're not going to have that opportunity when you make that move away from NXT. Nope, I'm
0: terrified he's going to get called up to the main roster, and he's going to be Fandango. I mean, remember how high everybody was on Fandango when he debuted? Motherfucker pinned Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, for God's sake. And hey, what happened?
1: Speaking of uh, the kind of dancing, good timing gimmicks kind of that they kind of let fade away and waste, Uh, No Way Jose signing this week on WWE TV was in that stupid-ass brawl on the stage.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just... I, I, I kind of give up on Monday Night Raw at this point. R- Raw is an absolute mess right now, ladies and gentlemen, and ain't nobody going to tell me any different. Uh, the actual War Games match, you're going to have Undisputed Era taking on the team of the War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne. They finally put together a video package on this week's episode of NXT that kind of explains this entire feud, because, I mean, this thing actually goes back. You can trace the roots of this match, All the way back to the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic when Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunne and joined the Undisputed Era. That's how far back this story actually goes. They did a fantastic job. I mean, WWE production, that that is hands down the best thing that they do. And boy, after watching that video package, I am way more excited for this match than I was going into it.
1: Yeah, again, I mean, this is going to be unbelievable. We got some incredible talents here. Yeah, I guess it's just I guess it's a me issue. I just got to get over all the championships that are included in this match.
0: Yeah. Four different championships inside of an eight person match between the North American title, the UK title, and the NXT tag titles. And, and only, of course Bobby Fish, only, Bobby Fish that's walking that's around that's with three,
1: his trophy. It's only three
0: championships. Well, four guys holding championships. You know what I mean. God damn it. It's early, which means it's late in my world. Makes sense if you're a third shifter. Uh, Shayna Baszler taking on Kyrie Sane. We knew this match was going to be going down, but on this week's episode of NXT, the stipulation was added. This is going to be a two out of three falls match. Rick, the way this thing was announced. So you have uh, the three of the four uh, MMA horsewomen sitting backstage and they're about to be interviewed. And uh, the interview starts off with Shayna Baszler telling Kelly to hurry up. Like, you're not even supposed to be sitting in our locker room. Speak your piece and get the hell out of here. When it is interrupted by uh, general manager William Regal, who makes the announcement, and uh, the other two horsewomen are basically now acting as goons for Baszler like they they get right up in William Regal's face like they don't give a fuck that this is William Regal a freaking legend inside of the business and Baszler is just executing her role masterfully because the second William Regal tells her this is going to be two out of three falls she goes into uh cerebral mode where her head drops down and you can tell she's thinking okay how am I going to get my way out of this one? I'm loving what Shayna Baszler doing. I almost hope that she doesn't lose this title just because I don't even, she is better than raw and SmackDown. Just leave her in NXT where I can enjoy her because I know once Vince gets a hold of her, she's not pretty enough for Vince McMahon and she's just going to end up getting fucking buried.
1: Well, I think, yeah, when, yeah, when she makes that move out, I think you're exactly right. That's got to be the biggest fear here: is that they're going to just see her as a a poor man's Ronda.
0: Yeah. When in reality, Ronda's a poor man's Basler. Right. Which is going to be an
1: absolute crime. Crime of you know of the of the last year of professional wrestling. If they misuse Baszler here, she is one of the hottest acts going. And hey, I know we're going to talk a little bit about equality in a little bit here. When I say hottest act, I'm not just saying women. She's one of the best acts going in all of the WWE universe.
0: Yeah, absolutely freaking love it. Uh, Then we have a a grudge match on our hands as it's going to be Johnny Gargano taking on Aleister Black, the man that he laid out. Johnny Gargano now confirming that he is the man that laid out Aleister Black. Uh, Rick, they did uh, one of these selfie promos. And we all know how much I love the selfie promo shot on an iPhone when he got all this million dollars of equipment laying around. You know, that's why people don't shoot movies on iPhones unless you're the elite. Um, but this thing worked. This thing absolutely worked. It's Johnny Gargano and he's kind of walking around outside a full sale. And then you realize, well, actually, he tells you that this is actually exactly where he attacked Alistair Black. And in his mind, he is still the hero in this story. And he goes off on this tangent, and it really seems to me as though he is channeling his inner Joker.
1: Seems like it's, that's like the go-to card for a lot of people.
0: Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of becomes one of these things where, especially when you're trying to convince yourself that you're the anti-hero, like there, there's this huge misconception about the Joker, that the Joker was a bad guy. And in the Joker's mind, Batman is the bad guy. I mean, when you actually look at the evidence, Batman is the one that busted up the deal that Joker was trying to pull. All right. in which he was an innocent bystander, by the way, he was actually just hired by the mob to wear the red hood. That was the gimmick. So that way that the mob always had a fall guy and Batman fell for it because he's a fucking idiot and he grabs the red hood and he throws him into the vat of acid. And then the Joker, he's going around, he's ripping off mob bosses. How big of a bad guy is going around and ripping off mob bosses? But no, you have the psycho lunatic dressed as a giant bat trying to stop you. The Joker is the hero of his story in his mind that's what's always made the joker character intriguing so you have this dichotomy between batman and joker and it seems like that's kind of the story that we're telling now we have alistair black playing the dark knight and we have johnny gargano as the joker
1: i'm gonna look forward to checking that
0: out it's very very cool i enjoyed that video package very much uh then we have the shiny new toy the shiny new toy, William Regal's new toy, Matt Riddle, bro. He's going to be taking on Cassius Ono at TakeOver War WarGames. Ono, of course, he's been saying for weeks now that he's looking forward to breaking William Regal's shiny new toy. And we found out this week that that shiny new toy, his name is Matt Riddle. But I think what really intrigues me here is uh, we saw the way this thing was shot. It was Matt Riddle. Along with Bask in his glory Keith Lee And they're actually Telling the story That these two guys Are friends And they finally Made it to NXT Together We might be setting up A dusty tag team Classic Kind of storyline Here I like that But finally I know Keith Lee Is a good guy Because he's friends With Matt Riddle I've been wondering All this time Because Keith Lee Acts like he's a good guy And then he comes out With this Bask In my Greatness what kind of baby face line is that? That's like the most dickheaded thing that you could possibly say other than claiming you're the best in the world. Yeah, that was a shot at Shane. It was. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this one too. I'm looking forward to you seeing Matt Riddle inside of NXT and seeing what you think his ceiling is because right now I see the freaking sky as the limit for Matt Riddle as long as he cuts down on this bro thing. Uh, One big other story coming out of NXT is, of course, Nikki Cross. We saw Nikki Cross on SmackDown Live this past Tuesday, and people are losing their freaking minds. Nikki Cross has been called up. And then on NXT, we see we're setting up the next Nikki Cross program. It's going to be against Candice LeRae. Nikki Cross did not get called up, just like Pete Dunne did not get called up the last time they were in the UK. They
1: just brought him out for a cheap ass pop. Well, even, let's even look. Let's dive a little bit more. At this is we're here on Cross, you know, everyone's you know kind of excited. They see Sanity out, and as they they point to you know what's coming behind him, the place goes crazy. The people at home are jumping up out of their out of their seats. Even more so than bringing Cross in to try to get that crowd going, it's very interesting the spot that they put her in against Becky. Yep. Now, if they, it, it's you would think with, you know, obviously this is to we are not able to get the reaction we were hoping to towards Becky. Everyone is supporting her. Let's run out an obvious home favorite here to see if we can get some heat on Becky. But even that seemed to backfire, and they could have. If there was ever
0: an opportunity to get heat on Becky Lynch, this was the match. And this was the location. All you had to do was have Becky get out of the ring and go grab her title and say, fuck this bitch. She's crazy. I'm leaving. Just like she's done with Charlotte multiple times, and that crowd would have booed. But unlike Charlotte, where Charlotte will go and cut off Becky Lynch, Nikki Cross is fucking crazy. She'd just run around the ring bouncing off the ropes while Becky walks up the goddamn ramp. It would have been right within both of their characters. You could have protected Nikki Cross because now you've defined her down. I don't even think Nikki Cross
1: is ever getting called up. I think her ceiling is going to be NXT UK. Even if so, I don't think it's going to be... It's going to be a while before we see her if she does come back. This kind of call up reminded me of of Shar's debut on Raw, which was long before you know the, the evolution started. Long before Stephanie you know made that big grand announcement where she called all those individuals up. Charlotte came on to to Raw one evening with the NXT Women's Championship and lost the match to Natalya. Yeah. And then you didn't see her for a while. So you all and a lot of people back then they were losing their minds over it. How could you do this? You just you just exposed. You just said that the the NXT Women's Championship is use is worthless. It, it, but in time people forgot about it. So hey, how successful has Charlotte been? So maybe maybe that could be a blessing for Nikki Cross. She could go on to find some success like that. Okay. Well,
0: let me uh, flip the script. You remember when they did this to Bailey, and everybody lost their freaking minds when Bailey was Sasha's tag team partner. Yeah, that was what two years ago. Yeah, how's Bailey doing? That, that that's kind of my fear with Nikki
1: Cross. Well, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think that she's gonna, uh, you know, really get to the heights that Charlotte has. But hey, it's hopeful. Thank you for her, you know. But what I really would have done here to get some get some real heat on Becky because she threw out there, "I want competition. Give me somebody." What they should have done is bring out Nikki. You got the big pop. The fans are really fired up for this one. They're looking forward to this match. This is going to be a great special match for them, a great TV match. And then you just have Becky like, no, I said competition, (laughs) and then leave. Yeah, I would have been down with that too. And then she's a total bitch because she's just denied everyone, you know, this, this grand spectacle that everyone's excited for. I said real competition. She leaves. Then at that point you could still give Nikki a match to to satisfy those fans as soon as as soon as Becky exits go to a commercial or something and come back and take and both iconics come out there and run their mouth to Nikki and Nikki beats their ass.
0: Um, I absolutely loved Nikki Cross's promo when she was talking about I want to play with you Becky. I want to play with you, um, I, but I'm curious what you thought of it because I saw it and I see it in context because I see everything that Nikki Cross is doing inside of NXT. I know how this whole thing started. I know the, the, the whole progression of crazy Nikki Cross and her wanting to play,
1: but I, I know enough of, I know enough about her, I, but, but I, 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 I
0: don't know how that came off to the casual audience who has no idea what the hell is going on with batshit crazy Nikki Cross.
1: That would be interesting. Maybe something to kind of reach out to see, you know, some of those that just are more into the Raw and SmackDown brands to see if if they really got it. But I know enough about her where I understood it.
0: Yeah, I I thought that was a great promo. I thought Nikki absolutely killed it.
1: Enjoyed the match, too. You know, I was thinking also as I was kind of like, what would I have done here to get that heat on Becky and still maybe, you know, and gave Nikki that nice shine, gave her a moment, you know, instead of just, you know, having Becky leave. Nikki getting her moment going over the iconics, and then even further, just for Becky to be a, a total bitch, but she would probably get a huge pop for this when she actually goes to take on Ronda. I want to see her come out and just mock uh, MMA entrance, but with people playing the roles of like the characters from Rocky. Like, give me a Mickey, <laughs> even to the whole do a true her, Becky Balboa. Yeah, you know, have some guy dressed up like Mickey coming out. She's got the you know the. the, the 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 hood on, the robe and all that. Uh, Who was the other, who was his uh, family member, the guy that always had the big cigar in Rocky? Oh, shit. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I can picture Have someone with him and even go as far to have that robot that Rocky bought him. (laughs) All come out to the ring just mocking Rhonda.
0: Oh, tremendous, tremendous. I think TakeOver is going to be a really fun show. I think it's going to be a really fun show. No surprise, I think takeover is going to outdo the main roster. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, red versus blue. So red versus blue. Rick, did you ever watch Red versus Blue? Did you ever get into that show?
1: Uh, I was I was really into Red versus Blue this past Tuesday. Are we talking about the election?
0: No, no, there's, there, there's actually a show that was on YouTube and I believe it's still going called red versus blue, which is what the music is from. And, uh, it's basically a, uh, a show that was created. It's kind of like being the elite, how it started. Um, it was just a couple of guys and they were fucking around with halo and they started making like characters and, and they would like come up with storylines about the characters like stuck in the blood gulch you know and there's all there is is just another base why are we even here and it's absolutely hilarious because you have red team versus the blue team right and and this thing has been going now i think they're up to about season 19 it's absolutely ridiculous i think you would absolutely love it it's very much in line with like your south park and family guy and Futurama. it's it's right in your wheelhouse
1: maybe i'll check it out then yeah it was just uh, looks you're saying 19 looks like the 17 seasons
0: oh 17 okay yeah is absolutely hilarious stuff but it's kind of like being the elite where you watch the first couple seasons and they're just kind of dicking around and then people started watching it and they were like oh whoa maybe we could actually do something with this and started incorporating storylines and stuff absolutely great stuff my kids love it too check it out red versus blue uh, much more entertaining than what I think Survivor series is gonna be Survivor series coming up Sunday November 18th and once again it's red versus blue. Uh, Huckleberry, a couple of these matches I think are going to be pretty good, but it's, I'm just, I can't get into this makeshift rivalry between Shane and Stephanie because at its core, that's really all this is.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's that, it's that easy card can go back and play time and time again, even going into uh, the world cup, you know, you had Shane already hammering it. it. It just makes me sick to think that Stephanie would be able to say that her talent is the best in the world, you know, garbage. Uh, you know how many times do we have to go back and, and beat this tired, worn-out drum? And, and as you said, and you're, and you're right. You know, on paper, some of these matches have depend. You know, if you just kind of take away, take away everything surrounding it, the lack of build, the stories, and all that, and, and you just kind of sit back and watch it for a wrestling show. You know, if this was just like a, you know, a one-off just up to the street at my VFW, great. But I'm sorry, it's it's when you're expecting more from WWE when you want that full package you want the development you want the characters you want the programs this continues to fall short and the issue is how how I mean, it's you know it's just they're putting so much out there for the consumer that they've got themselves overwhelmed i mean this seems like it snuck up on them they, we got australia we've got crown jewel we got evolution oh shit there's a big four of them up
0: yep And what's going to happen is NXT is going to outshine the main roster again, and it just keeps adding to this narrative, you know, and I'm not even sure that it's a fair comparison in any way, shape or form. But when consistently your quote unquote developmental territory is outshowing you at your big four events, eventually you have to realize there's a problem here, right?
1: Was even you know just i was thinking about ways to maybe even try to drum up some interest in this damn thing. Maybe a couple of these matches, you know, this champion versus champion thing. I mean, there's a little bit in you know like with the women with Becky and Ronda. I mean, they've they've had a little bit more time. They're using social media to try to get some interest behind this thing. But it's mainly about okay, how are they going to treat Becky? Are they going to protect her here? It's just going to be just another Ronda runs through it situation. You, you do have with the with your top champs with Styles and Lesnar. I mean, it kind of it's not really WWE's doing. They kind of this one just fell in their lap that this happened to be a great match a year ago, and they still had the same champs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I feel kind of like this is kind of like NWA seventy. You know, we we went into NWA seventy knowing that was a one match show, and we were just hoping that the rest of the show was going to be good. AJ versus Brock is a big match. And we know it's a big match because we saw it last year and now we get the rematch. And so you have kind of a year long build where AJ has been the champion the entire year since that match, Brock Lesnar, once again, the champion of the universe by hook or by crook, you know, regardless of how it happened, that's, the situation that we find ourselves in. So we can sell tickets off of Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles. We can we can intrigue network interest with AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. And then for your your hardcore fans, you've got the Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey thing, which I don't think that the casual audience really gives two shits about. But I got to give it up to Becky Lynch, man, because Becky Lynch is trying her ass off. She has turned into the best freaking Twitter troll going right now. She's absolutely killing it on social media, calling Rousey Ronnie. I absolutely love that. Um, I guess my only question when it comes to Becky and Ronda is going to be how much of that crowd is going to be against Ronda Rousey. Because we saw it again this week on SmackDown when Becky brought up Rousey. You could hear the booze start streaming in. And I don't think that is going to be a Rousey-friendly crowd in any way, shape, or form
1: it's gonna be interesting it's gonna more so not just the crowd reaction how's wwe themselves gonna react to this thing i i still i think are they so naive that they think that there's even gonna be a split
0: i i think they are i think that's what they're counting on i think they're counting on a 50 50 split i think that's what they're really hopeful for best case scenario that's what you're gonna get is a 50 50 split
1: Well, I I was trying to think of a a way to, and I want to pitch this out there for the listeners, you know, get some feedback on it here. If you're going to go in, you know, we're just a little bit, we're just, well, we're a week away. A week away. A week away from this thing. If you really want to update Annie here, I'd love, and and just also I, I was interested to see how the touring schedule would work. It seems that both shows are not running live events against each other next Monday and Tuesday.
0: Interesting. So, so
1: we do have the availability for some crossover stuff.
0: Interesting. I but would for, I would keep Rousey and Becky as far away from each other as I possibly could.
1: The only real thing, I don't think we need we don't need that big stupid invasion rumble stuff. I mean that's how many times can you go to that well? That's not exciting anymore. No, it's because the, steam old steam old.
0: the problem is, and this at its core, is the problem with Survivor Series, okay? They're trying to treat this like it's teams. And professional wrestling is not a team sport unless you are a tag team that's it otherwise it is an individual sport for individual accolades and people like randy orton are not going to get along with anybody just because shane and stephanie want to prove which show is
1: better here's my solution here's something i probably want to do this on monday so you got more time to hype this thing and let it play out maybe you have shane uh, show up on Raw, and him and Stephanie are kind of going back and forth because we already have that built in. They're they're going re- they're not gonna go in any other direction between this stupid sibling rivalry here. But let's throw in the stipulation. Let's throw out there that hey, you know what? The men's team match that is going to be a high stakes a high stakes main event because they're gonna put the stipulation in there that the winning team the winning team of that match is going to own the men's Royal Rumble match. That being if Raw wins, the 30 superstars competing in that Royal Rumble match will all be from Raw. If SmackDown wins on the flip there, it'll be an all SmackDown Rumble. Now that's a little bit of intrigue there. Okay, they're really going to go in this direction? How are they going to get around this? Are they going to move people? What's happening, there's a nice little simple out for them here. That match ends when a no decision when nxt invades and just whoops the shit out of whoever's left in that ring i like that then we set up the new stipulation because now we really want to elevate nxt in people's minds where it's not just development it is its own brand now we set out there they're going into the rumble there'll be 10 from raw there'll be 10 from smackdown and 10 from nxt Now, the general managers and whoever, you know, the authority figures from each of those brands, it's up to them to decide, do you want to use your current guys or do you want to bring in some outsiders? Are you going to make moves? You're going to try to sway somebody to maybe jump to your brand as a representative there in the rumble.
0: I got an idea, too. I got an idea, too. And here's my idea. Whoever the survivor is, whoever actually wins the match gets a title shot. There you go. Problem solved. Of course, in that case, you know what I would do. I would have SmackDown win by two. And the two would be Bryan and Miz and they would get a shot at the tag team titles and become tag team champions. Because I absolutely love the dynamic between Bryan and Miz attempting to get along. That was the advantage that SmackDown had over Raw this week. They actually had a story that went through the show That you could invest in, you know, and it's like, wow, maybe these guys can work together. Maybe they can set this aside and maybe they can get along. Nope. Brian still thinks Miz is a dick. That was that was pretty much the story told through the show. That's what I took away from it anyway.
1: Yeah, at least they did stick with a story there. But the, the bickering, especially when they were out there on the commentary for that last match was just a little too much for me.
0: AOP is going to take on the bar as if anybody cares about that match. Hopefully that'll be on the pre-show Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. If Nakamura is motivated, that could be a match of the night, or it could be absolutely awful. Then we have, uh, the big men's survivor series match. We we're some, for some reason, we're doing a tag team survivor series match, which makes absolutely zero sense to me unless Fondango is back. And that's a way to get Tyler on the show. Um, And then we have the biggest match on the show, Huckleberry, because this one's been brewing for a year. It's going to be the women's Survivor Series match, and the two captains are going to be your precious fucking Sharshar and Alexa Bliss. And finally, Alexa Bliss can right the wrong that was committed at Survivor Series last year
1: when she should have beaten Charlotte Flair. You're still with that nonsense check that trash man that is complete nonsense the right talent went over nope you'll never convince me that that was the right move over. you'll and never how convince she me right that? though wrong because your little miss bliss isn't even in the match
0: oh she gonna be in that match
1: she's going to be on the sidelines she's gonna what, be though. in that match out of all of the BS they gave us this week on programming. And I am sitting here, and this has been probably... long oh, we've been talking about this. Ten minutes. This seems like an eternity. <laughs> this is just terrible. I was dreading this on the run. Have to go through this card. But one of the highlights from this week, I liked Bliss in that kind of authority role there, where she seems like she might be shifting in there to kind of handle you know that women's division for Baron. I, I, I really want to see where... You know how, I guess you know underhanded she is. I want to see her take that role from Baron.
0: I would like to see that as well, just because I want to see five foot nothing Alexa Bliss telling Braun Strowman what the fuck to do. Well, hey, they got I a think dynamic. that would. See I think little big man. They're friends. I think that would be great. Well, I mean, any of those guys. I mean, you know, any of those guys. Like Jinder Mahal is going to make Alexa Bliss look like a freaking rag doll.
1: Well, and and even more so, I I know she would have, she's going to, you know, it's going to be conniving bliss to get that role, but in doing so, I want to see like a real face turn from her.
0: Okay. uh, Then who's, who's the top heel right now? Drew McIntyre. Can you imagine the, the image of Drew McIntyre standing over Alexa bliss and bliss telling him what the fuck to do?
1: Oh man, that would be fucking money. No, I think it, I think what even would be great there. Is you've got you got that great dynamic with just scary ass Drew. And he you know, can't do a thing
0: to Alexa Bliss.
1: He can't well, you know, do anything. Yeah, so he he storms away. He's pissed. So then his buddy Ziggler's like, let me go in there and try this. So he goes in there with the <laughs> he goes in there with the Playboy role and tries picking her up. Because we know how uh, the player that, that Dolph Ziggler is, and then he gets shot down.
0: Oh tremendous. Yeah, I I like that dynamic a lot. If Drew's gonna be the top heel going forward, I like Alexa Bliss as your baby face authority figure for Monday Night Raw. I think that hey, can be a lot
1: of fun. I, I know we're we're trying to make this as entertaining as a, you know a combo as we can. I got another one I want to throw at you because as we see, you know, we're talking about Drew. He goes over Kurt Angle this week. And a lot of people I, I don't get where a lot of these people are like, Oh, it was a passing of the torch. What the hell are you talking about? There's no
0: torch to pass from Kurt Angle at this point. Hey.
1: Well, and I think what we're going to – what maybe they're looking at here is to start telling a story of, you know, Kurt's road back. You know, starting to doubt that thing. Can he make another final run at WrestleMania? My my biggest fear if they're going to go that route is, you know, how many times we see it – we're seeing that. We saw it last year at Cena, and they botched the hell out of that. And now we got the the rumor that that might be the story they're going to go with Charlotte. And believe me, I know because they think they're on separate brands, they can run the same storyline.
0: I love it because you're just setting me up here, Huckleberry. Because this is it. This is how it's going to start. Not only is Charlotte losing everything, she's going to be forced to compete in this match. And she's going to be forced to be the captain because, let's face it, the SmackDown Women's Division is an absolute mess without Charlotte Flair. Her leadership is needed. It is absolutely required to get through this. And you know what's going to happen? She's going to be the last one standing. And Little Miss Bliss is going to put that bitch down and that's right even alexa bliss gets to pin charlotte flair and then we get to build her all the way back up to where she wins the rumble and challenges rousey i don't think this is going to be enough time to rebuild charlotte they have done a lot of damage to
1: charlotte in a year even with the severe concussions concussion issues little miss bliss isn't as delusional as you are there is no way that is happening but back to my Kurt angle thing here for you Kurt is one of those guys who is so gifted in the ring, but he can still pull off the comedy aspect. And now his story is going to be like a, a you know, a middle of the road story. It's going to be down on the card there. I would love to see, you know, Kurt's. He's in training. He, he's doubting himself. I'd love to see him paired up with the B team, oh and you know who's gonna who's really there for coach? Because B team doesn't just stand for best team. It stands for Believe. Oh my god. And they believe in Kurt and they are in Kurt and they are going to help him get back to where he should be.
0: Only championship match on Survivor Series is the championship that nobody cares about. That's gonna be Muddy Murphy, the current cruiserweight champion, defending against Mustafa Ali um I'll, I'll go with buddy murphy in that match because he just won the title um but huckleberry there is some other news coming out of survivor series and and some of these talents that is interesting that you wanted to discuss on this week's show that are far more interesting
1: than what survivor
0: series is
1: well anything is more interesting i i begged to plead it with you just to even get survivor series off the run because i know we're going to be talking about it so much next week but and I think we, we did our best to put a positive twist on it and, and try to get a little interest going. There you go. So let's start. But yeah, with, there, there is some big news stories, and they all kind of like tie together.
0: Let's start with Brock Lesnar. Uh, there, there's lots of rumors flying about Brock Lesnar and Brock Lesnar's new deal and when it expires and when his next match is going to be after this match with AJ Styles. Um, the, really, the bigger question is, when's the fight? When is the fight going to be against Daniel Cormier for the UFC championship? Because I have heard two different dates now, one of which is in March, one of which is in May. Oh, yeah. And WrestleMania is right in between. If Brock Lesnar is in a fight camp getting ready for a fight in May against Daniel Cormier, there is not a snowball's chance in hell Brock Lesnar is doing WrestleMania, in which case I assume he defends at the Royal Rumble.
1: Oh, see, I wouldn't throw that out. If, if the money's right, I think he'll take that. He'll take the time to go to WrestleMania. Now, on the flip side of that, though, don't get excited for any blockbuster. You're going to get a lot of what you've seen in Saudi.
0: Oh yeah, because he there is he is not going to do anything that is going to risk him getting hurt. Absolutely yeah. not.
1: And You're th- going to have some sort of squash there. But see, yeah, going back to the fight thing. But, but thing doesn't he retain then the
0: too? If if he is doing a WrestleMania match in April, there's no way he's taking a loss. But if he's fighting Cormier in May,
1: oh yeah, I think he retains because ultimately your biggest payoff is if they can really get that deal where he can take that Universal Championship to ring to the Octagon with him.
0: Man, so it sounds like Brock's new deal is for two matches. That's my understanding as it's been told thus Man,
1: far, and that includes the Saudi match, correct?
0: No, that includes the Survivor Series sure. match. Oh. So there's the Survivor Series match against AJ, and then there's one more match.
1: Okay. See, that's how much I've already got Survivor Series off my mind. I just, I didn't even, we just talked about it, I don't even remember
0: it. Yep, nope, there's the AJ match coming up on Sunday the 18th. And
1: then you've got one more.
0: And then one more. It's just a matter of where is it going to be? Is it going to be at the Rumble? Is it going to be at WrestleMania? And I think what's more important is when is the fight against Cormier? When
1: are they going to lock into that thing? Because it's... That's not even official. That's not even on, is it?
0: No, no, it's not official it's in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It, it's expected at this point, but I'm not even sure if Lesnar is clear of the USADA testing yet.
1: There we go then. So, I mean, that thing can never even come to fruition. We never might even get that in the octagon and everyone's getting all worked up for this thing. But let's talk about something else with Brock and everyone is getting all worked up. And is that elite potential match for him at WrestleMania Obviously, I'm you know I'm talking about the one's got everybody all fired up. Is against the Rock.
0: I hate it. Um, I, I this is everything that I hate about professional wrestling. If, if if your main event of WrestleMania is Brock Lesnar versus The Rock. I am going to be incredibly disappointed to see two part-time talents fighting for the championship of the universe. And I don't think it's going to be that interesting. I don't think it's going to draw that many fans. We were talking yesterday, does Brock Lesnar versus The Rock, does that draw 86,000 people at MetLife
1: Stadium? Well, see... First of all, I want to jump in. I don't know what the big fuss was over this thing because it was always rumored out there that if they could get a deal done with The Rock, he was going to be a headliner on this show. The original plans called for it to be against Roman Reigns. Now, obviously, that's not an option here. So what do you do? You slide in the attraction that you have gone back to in, in Roman's absence. I don't know why people were so upset and kind of shocked when this news kind of broke that if... And it's a huge if they can get this thing done. You're the one that brought it to my attention... How many big projects does The Rock have going on right now?
0: 18. He has 18 18 movies currently in production, scheduled for release through 2021 and that's including like some big movies like you know Fast and the Furious sequels which are making billions of dollars worldwide if the rock is coming in the the only logical reason that the rock would come in we do know that it has been offered that the saudi prince offered 40 million fucking dollars to see the rock defend the fucking championship in Saudi Arabia. That's what this would come down to. This would come down to the Saudis booking the main event Of WrestleMania. At least if it's Roman Reigns, though, there's a story there. I mean, for the amount of insurance that the WWE is going to have to take out to bring The Rock in to do one match, let alone two matches, because he's going to have to defend the fucking thing in Saudi Arabia in order to get this $40 million. So in order for this to work, they are going to have to take out an insurance policy on The Rock so that he does not get hurt like what happened at WrestleMania a years ago when he was filming the Hercules movie and it threw the entire fucking thing off.
1: So and, uh, ironically, same location.
0: Yeah, exact. Yeah, that's right. In the same location. But, I mean, that insurance policy, I cannot imagine what the insurance policy on Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to be to put the WWE Universal Championship on him. And there's no chance in hell they are taking out that insurance policy without the promise of more Saudi fucking blood money.
1: And then we go back to everyone's getting so worked up that this will main event. I mean, we're talking about WrestleMania where they've kind of they 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 tell so many things as main event. You know, every half the damn car is billed as the main event. Yeah, you know, they got so many marquees. Is there too much emphasis now on what closes this show?
0: No, I don't think there's enough emphasis on what closes this show. That's what I'm saying. Show. Who
1: everyone gets worked gets getting worked up? Who's who's really that investment? Thing? It's not the brand has evolved so much in itself that they don't need that one marquee, they don't need it's Hogan versus Macho Man to sell the event. And you're just kind of there for the undercard as you build up to that big, big closer. That's not the case anymore with WWE. It doesn't really matter what closes the show. And the, damn, the show itself, the actual show is five hours. You throw in the pre show works. We're pushing seven, eight hours. You know, compare it to a, a workday because sitting through anything that long is work, it's a chore. What is the least productive time in your workday? It's the last hour and a half. That's And we've seen that over the last couple of years, how unenthusiastic those crowds are because they're tired. They're yeah. worn out by the time we're getting to that point. Especially, Especially if it's been a good show. To me, it doesn't really matter what's kind of closing that thing. People are worn out. They're tired. They're beat. Your, your most energy is coming they near the middle of that thing. And it's still not – just because, you know, they're putting – that's the Universal Championship match. And believe me, if you got Brock out there, that thing's not going to go that long. Run that thing in the middle of the show. Especially – I know we're going to talk about some some women's stuff here, too. That's why I say it all ties in together. You really want a great PR statement? Yeah, you do have The Rock versus Brock on your card. That's going to bring in that crossover appeal. There are going to be people interested in that. It is going to bring attention back to WrestleMania, to WWE. But you make an even bigger statement by saying – Oh, by the way, we had, we had these mega stars. And one of the biggest names in, in MMA, the biggest name in Hollywood, they were on our show, but they were in the middle. You know what closed it? The ladies.
0: Yeah, I keep hearing this rumor of Charlotte and Rousey, and I just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. They have done so much damage to Charlotte in the last six months. As hot as Becky Lynch is, Charlotte's just not right now.
1: I think you can get back there. I, I still think, and I am a big fan of, I, you know, the one-on-one, the close. I think if you're going to have that big women's match there at WrestleMania, I, to me, I still think you got a lot more money in doing and and just pulling the trigger on that horsewomen versus horsewomen. It, you're, it's going to be a bigger dynamic. You're going to get more fans invested because there is a great split of you know who's the favorites are for each person instead of just trying to focus in on two of them. Obviously, this it is a PR stunt, so you're, it's the more novelty of it where you're going to get, you know, draw, you know a bigger pool invested.
0: I think they have to be very, very careful with Charlotte right now. Because if they just if if they do this thing with Charlotte where Alexa Bliss is gonna pin her right in the middle of the ring at Survivor Series and they're just gonna beat down Charlotte and then we're gonna completely rebuild her and her journey to the top is going to start Did you, at, did you
1: get some bad ganja or something, man? Because you're like talking out of your ass today.
0: Her journey back to the top is supposed to start at the Royal Rumble. She's going to win the Royal Rumble, and that's what's going to get her the right to face Ronda Rousey. What I'm afraid is going to happen is people are going to see through this clearly. And coming off of this program with Becky Lynch, where Charlotte was booed, if you go in there and you put Charlotte over in the Rumble, I think you are risking the same response that Roman Reigns got when he won the Rumble. And I don't think you want to do that with Charlotte.
1: You know, if they, if, if Charlotte really needs to, you know, get, o- get back over that thing, she's on a down streak, some tough losses. That there, there's a surefire cure. There's a, the, the perfect solution. Char, Char, come to Northern Ohio, come to the Harbor house bar and grill. I, you know, usually you can find the gentleman over there, uh, like the third store over on the north side of the bar and go slump busted. Come find me, baby. We'll get you back. We'll get you right.
0: Let's talk about Ronda Rousey. We already talked quite a bit about Becky Lynch. So let's talk a little bit about Ronda Rousey here. Uh, Rick, here just a couple of weeks ago, we had Stephanie McMahon come out and she made the comment that she wanted to have as many female wrestlers as male wrestlers On the roster by a certain date. I don't even remember what the date was. Not important. Well, now Ronda Rousey has come out, and she is backing up Stephanie McMahon's claims. And that's all about equality, and we need just as many women wrestlers on the card as we have male wrestlers. And uh, I I would like to call in our unpaid intern here, uh, uh, Ty Dillinger. Yeah, you're not doing anything, right? Uh, yeah, on, on on the bullshit meter, uh, where does this one rank? 10. Ah, uh, yes, 10. Of course, of course. Yes, Rick, I have this at a 10 on the bullshitometer
1: Well, I see, I, I got her actual quote here. Uh, this is from her. I would, uh... Wait, I would from, from like to, Rousey or this McMahon? Is, this is Rousey's. Uh, I would just like to see women represent 50% of the roster in 50% of every card. I don't think that's too unreasonable, Rousey noted. Uh, I think that it's far, I think it's far way down the line, but it's a good goal to pursue.
0: So let's talk about this. What does
1: this really mean? Yeah, there's a, this, there's a number of directions we can kind of start dissecting this thing from. Uh, obviously, again, you know, the PR movement, you know, it's especially coming off of Evolution, which they are still trying to, to make everyone believe that this was some some major success, but now we're getting some other numbers out here and also kind of tie in, you know, we were talking about the WrestleMania main events. The reason that there's the rumor that they're potentially kind of cooled off on putting the women in that spot is because it's being proven now that they're not the draw that they believe they are.
0: Yeah. looks like those numbers coming out and they are, uh, they're kind of rough, man kind of rough looking at those numbers um and i thought evolution was a pretty decent show the problem was there there's just not the star power they didn't devote the creative to it they didn't build the programs the right way it's not the matches that they had the matches that they put on were good i think we all agreed on that
1: what i think you know we were having a, a great conversation with this over on facebook and a Hobby media discussion group i think it's kind of fair to look at it in other areas, other sports and the forms of entertainment where you have comparable situations with men and female. And it's few and far between, you know, maybe outside of like tennis and soccer, they're completely different playing fields. I mean, I, I know the WNBA has been, you know, it's been around for, you know, a decade or so here, but it's still nowhere near the success that the NBA is there. And actually, if not for the NBA, that league would fold. They're, they're trying to just keep it there for their a quality check. Yep. Uh, you go to even WWE now themselves, they've, they're partnered up with this girl up program. And during the the ads they were running for that, they started talking about title nine, which to me is a, is complete garbage. And for those who don't understand what that is, this goes all the way back to, you know, the nineties when they put this thing in, it says that there has to be equal representation on the collegiate level, scholarship wise and funding wise for, female athletics, and male athletics. Well, I'm sorry. it's There's very few women's programs in anything that even justify financially that kind of support.
0: Yep. It's sad but true. It's sad but true. And and there's plenty of economic proof to prove it. You know, it's, it's just the way that it is. And the reality is, it doesn't matter if you have 50 men on the roster and you have 50 women on the roster, if the women are only getting two matches because one of them is a 10 woman tag and the women are getting 20 minutes on the show and the men are getting two hours and 15 minutes on the show. That's what it really comes down to. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's about the creative. It's about the airtime and they're not even remotely
1: close. And that's my biggest issue is they're trying to mask the real shortcomings of how they truly you know, how they truly represent both of these sexes, how they're each treated. They're trying to mask that by just simply throwing out a 50-50 number, where even looking at evolution, we I mean, look at the differences there. They didn't even think enough. They, they they booked it in a poor arena where it's got a history of bad attendance, where they have trouble drawing. They don't even use their actual production team. They outsource that because just making sure that they were set up ready for Raw was more important to them. It's It's... It's not like they
0: normally run a pay per view on Sunday and then turn around and go to Raw on Monday,
1: right? Yeah, they don't even have their the regular production crews weren't even there. That's why we had a little bit of that different feel there, that different vibe there, different look and everything. You're already sold them short on that. And when you get to these numbers too, what does that mean? And so let's say you know, let's just say there's 20 women and there's 30 guys. So are you just going to you know, on the one side, are you just going to hire 10 women that might not be of actually WWE quality just to fill those, those roles? Because then you go back to Evolution. One of my complaints there was, yeah, the top talents, they were great. They could carry that show. The problem was you had to include everybody, and they don't have the depth to put on a tremendous show when you got everyone involved there.
0: And a bunch or, of the depth that they, they do have— that was in some really good matches at Evolution. Like, tell me, how much time did Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler get on Monday Night Raw? Hyping that match.
1: Right. No. Yeah, well, and and you saw, you know, two ladies that went out there and actually put on a tremendous match. You had it in the May Young Classic, but if you felt bad for a time because. Damn, it seemed like over half of the audience wasn't familiar with them. Yeah. They had no idea really what was going on there.
0: Listen to the lack of pop when both of those girls came out, Io Shirai and Tony Storm, when both of them came out. Nobody knew who they were. The match was awesome. I loved that match, but the audience didn't care because they didn't care who won or who lost
1: because they didn't know who either one of the characters right. were. Right. And, you know, as I said, so if you've got 20, you're trying to get to that equal to that 30 number. Are you just going to bring in you know, 10 talents that really shouldn't be there and water down the quality of your actual entering product. Or on the flip side of that, are 10 guys going to lose their job? Yeah. Affirmative so are, people gonna be, are people going to be losing work so you can balance those numbers at 50-50? Hey, and on the other side, I, met, I mentioned this too. People think about that. Hey, corporate will love it because it's, it's actually proven, you know, and you're going to bring in these lower levels to try to get these numbers equal or start cutting people. But, you know, women are make considerably less in professional wrestling. That's another thing. Well, just not the numbers. Are, are, are the, how are the pay scales going to work out? They're going to start and believe me, they're not going to start rising from the bottom. They're going to start cutting from the top to fill that void. So now people are going to be making less. And the other
0: thing that I would like to point out since it's, it's not even on the run here, but the answer is not fucking Serena Williams. Where the hell did that shit come from? Have you seen that thing?
1: No, that's another, that is another situation where, Stephanie just. Someone asked her, like, it was. It was like in passing. She was like, "Oh yeah, we've done stuff with her before. I'd love to have her." And everyone's like, "Oh, Stephanie wants Stephanie McMahon wants Serena Williams involved at WrestleMania."
0: I just saw the headline. That's how much I cared. I didn't yeah. even read the article.
1: Yeah, that was one of those where it was like something in passing, and she said, "Oh, that would be tremendous." You know, she she is someone that has been, you know, so instrumental in women in athletics. And, th- and that's all it was. And then next thing you know, you've got articles everyone running with all the way from they want to sign her to a deal. They want her to be a, a marquee player at WrestleMania. No, it was something in passing.
0: Two more topics for this week's show. Um, I guess I'll start with the the less important of the two or the less comical of the two. I guess we'll put it that way. The Raw overrun is gone. There's no more overrun. The show is going to have a hard-out time, just like every other fucking show on the face of the planet. No more overrun. Three hours is finally enough. They don't need three hours and five minutes and 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, Now, Rick, I I, I will say, though, my only complaint about this, all right, is the same complaint I have about on SmackDown. Now you're going to know when your main event is going to end.
1: That, that bothers you like no end. To me, oh, I, it don't drives me crazy. I, I don't care. I don't care. I'm more concerned that you actually give me a main event that I give a shit about, and that you properly promote it. Well, that would help. I don't care what it ends.
0: But the, I, I mean, the other thing is in. too. The other thing is too is the final match on Monday Night Raw hasn't been the main event in a very, very long time. As we all know, it's at the top of the hour. It's the second hour into the third hour. It's not at the end of the show.
1: Yeah, you got you got that transition there. That's where, and that's where you start losing your viewership. That third hour, whatever they're doing there, is simply to just keep cha ching cha ching on the advertising dollar.
0: Well, yeah, because the East Coast goes to sleep. Jesus Christ, shit gets late. Uh, let's talk about uh, probably the biggest and funniest story coming out of uh, the WWE right now: uh, Stephanie McMahon saying that uh she thinks that the WWE can be as big as Disney. I'm I don't get why everyone's knocking them for this. I'm just going I'm going to throw this over to you because you know what we will just call this segment Shill Vickery,
1: Shill. Now why are you know, see now you're just assuming that too. I got I got some heat on me over in the in the discussion group on that too. I said this is a perfect statement for her because I wanted to come out here and, and use this platform to, you know, kind of even let everyone know, I, you know, why can't the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, why can't Hameen Media Group? You know, we're we are setting our goals. We're looking towards 2019. We've got some big plans, some big announcements, you know, starting in the beginning of the year. We're, we're, we got uh, the rough draft ready to go, looking about launching our own website, the one-stop shop for everything you want, you know, from the Hameen Media Group. No more, uh, if you missed a Monday locker room and it's Thursday, no more digging for it. It's going to have its own little area where you can find Jargo and myself. We already set our goals to become the next ESPN when it comes to pro wrestling, conspiracy, video game, and beyond. Those are our goals. So why can't WWE hope to achieve that great success to reach the heights of Disney?
0: It's all fine and dandy, man. It's I, shooting th- the, for thing the thing stars. is, it just sounds delusional.
1: And a lot of people see the headline. Let's dive a little deeper into that. They already are kind of diversified. You know, they've got great production. They've got the studio. They're, they're reaching to other, you know, forms of entertainment. They want to be a player. And there's no reason that a company shouldn't have those goals. They'll want to move forward like that.
0: See, now <clears throat> we, we talk all the time about a company like Ring of Honor. And you know th- that they don't have to compete with the WWE, they- they're fine just doing what they're doing, and that's I-, I-, I feel like that's WWE in this instance. Know your role and shut your mouth, okay? Here, you want to talk some numbers? Let's talk a-, a couple of numbers here. Um, this crazy ass Saudi prince that is evidently sucking on Vince McMahon's asshole, all right? He offered (laughs) Vince McMahon... Thanks for
1: that visual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He offered Vince McMahon $7.5 billion for the WWE to just buy the company outright. At least that's the report here, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. so let's take a look at Disney. In 2017, Disney had a profit of $9 billion, they had an income of fifty-five point one billion dollars. Their net worth as of June 2018 is 113.1 billion dollars. WWE saying that they want to be like Disney, that's as delusional as some of these people thinking the impact is on the same level as WWE.
1: Now let me let me really play. Let's let's get real here. What do you do when you're you're just trying, you're trying to promote something? Ultimately, when you're trying to sell something, you're gonna dress it up the best you can. You're gonna sexy it up. So when you're going out there making these comparisons and you've got people, you know, like the Saudi Prince who will throw some mega bucks at them for something like this, or other potential buyers. Hell, to me, the first thing I thought of is we want to be like Disney. We love their model. <clears throat> hey, Disney, fucking buy us. Yeah take us under your umbrella please Mr. Mouse please take over the booking Mr. Mouse please hey he's you've seen him South Parks man he is a tough guy to work for but uh, yeah everyone this is another this is another example of people just going overboard about this thing this is just a simple ploy on their part hype themselves up for potential buyers here because still, let's go back to it. There's, there, these fuckers are going to sell this thing within a decade.
0: That's what we do, man. That's that's the American way now. We read everything on Twitter and we take everything literally and we overreact to everything and take everything out of context. It's the American way. I mean, my God, you want to talk about red versus blue here for just a second and then we'll wrap up the show. Tuesday, we had this fucking election, right? And I found myself voting more libertarian than anything else. And the reason is because all the fucking politicians have turned into Sasha and Bailey. Remember when I was telling you that they're turning both Sasha and Bailey into unlikable people? That's where I find both the Republicans and the Democrats. Fuck it. I'll vote libertarian.
1: Throw away your vote.
0: Yeah absolutely cuz i can't bring myself to vote for these fucking douchebags because not once not once i just want a politician to come out and say this is what i stand for this is what i represent and not come out and say fuck that other person they're terrible i'm just you know i'm what? so sick of dirty ass fucking politics
1: since we're on we are on some tears here and we're twisted everything every which way you're you're getting the Don't blame Jargo. He voted for Kodos from the Simpsons line. And I'm twisting that even to J&K Podcast, our brothers on the Roar Network, is presented by GrillsEdition.com. You know, they used to do this great segment when they opened their shows where they played a clip from the Simpsons. And somehow they got rid of that. That was one of the absolute highlights of my week when I tuned into them, was catching that Simpsons clip. I am calling them Canadian bastards out to bring that segment back. You know, we're
0: going to call them out here again in just one second.
1: And you know what? They're probably maybe because I called them J and K. I'm sorry. Turnbuckle talk. I'm sorry. It, it, that's, just, that's just like elite and board club to me, man. It's got to take some time to get used
0: to it. It's going to take some time. I, that's, I'm still combining them. Check this out. Here we go. It's time for the close. That's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then head over to thegorillaposition.com and find our friends over at the Roar Network, including the J&K at Turnbuckle Talk. Ha <laughs> ha! See? That's what you do. J&K at Turnbuckle Talk. ha! <laughs> congratulations i've solved it then you've got the show going home the average mark so much more rick one of these days we are gonna get the big mighty joe to come on this show and we are gonna have the great mma debate
1: hey there's a lot of things man i was i'm calling you out for being delusional he to me he's out there on some of the things man anytime big joe wants to throw down he's more than welcome to man he could pick the arena
0: also, please search Homie Media on your favorite podcast device and hit that subscribe button where you can find RBV and myself in the locker room this Monday. And then all of the other great daily wrestling content, the conspiracy talk. Now we're talking video games. We've got sports shows going on. We've got Stevie Richards Fitness. And we've got the big one-year anniversary of the platform next week. Huckleberry, I cannot believe we have been doing that show for a year.
1: I gonna say everything is uh, – it, it seems like – it. We just started yesterday, man. It's been an incredible ride, a great year. But as you said, we are growing, we're expanding. We are looking forward to an amazing 2019. So much more content, easier ways to get access to it. You know what? I might have undersold us. You know, ESPN, we're bypassing you. We're going to get right on board with WWE. We're shooting for the top. We're shooting for ESPN's parent company. Mickey Mouse, we're coming for you. It's
0: time for a seven-second dance party. We also can't forget our good friends and partners over at Last Word on ProWrestling.com, our newest partner here at Hitting the Marks. Huckleberry was actually up and dancing. I think he was doing the freaking Mark Arena. I even hear the editor-in-chief, Jamie Greer, wants to come on. He wants to do a guest spot here on Hitting the Marks. You suppose we can get Jamie to do a seven-second
1: dance party? That's the only way you get on now.
0: Yeah, and the only way that you get off. As always, you can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at hittingthemarks. Email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at notjargo, even though I really hate social media. Why don't you all start sending me videos of you doing the seven second dance party? RBV, how do the peeps, the freaks,
1: and the geeks find you? Well, as always, you can check me. Across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. Usually I use this spot to plug herd marketing. You know where to find that. Make sure you're checking that out. But hey, we're getting into the holiday season. That means some good eats. So, all you foodies out there, head on over to Facebook. Uh, one of my other little passion projects, Live Food or Die. Go ahead and check this out, man. Tons of great features over there. Uh, right now, I'm gonna start posting if we get done recording here. It's FNA Friday and I think inspired by our good friends at Dippin Donuts F&A Friday is going to be all about delicious donuts.
0: Fantastic. I love You know what I love about donuts? Like what kind of donut I love more than any other donut? A plain glazed donut. That's my favorite yep. donut. Classic. Yep. Still to this day. That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you Monday in the locker room. For now, we're off like a prom dress. Say up! Point your fingers. Enable me. Don't,
1: don't give up. F- I'll be your bad guy. Stop, stop, go! Oh. Slip away, what am I? That's how great my character to cover your eyes. I know your motive, I know of your kind. Break the couple's head, don't stop getting
0: down inside. Oh, wow. Situation is a classic cliche. You'll be draping the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go!
1: Claim from story or no Dwell deep down on so cold. Can't escape the wrath on my 4 right Treat a man with a righteous boy Never caught one across that line I'll never be that bad Guy I hate you I Hate you. me too Oh fuck you Situation is a classic cliche You'll be the blame on me I smell
0: self-righteousness That's the bad guy Go. Oh i on.
1: your bitch and I lie, she was at home with me last night, I'll be your bad <laughs> guy, right. you know
0: I, little bingo!